Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema World. Today we're talking about Snowpiercer. The only question is, why is it that nobody has ever talked about this film? And if they did, why wasn't anybody fucking listening? Because I promise you, nobody was. This movie came and went in the mist of night, taking Chris Evans, Captain fucking America himself, along with it. This movie was released in 2013. Now, I remember when this movie came out on DVD, I was working at Walmart at the time, and I used to spend my entire, like, lunch break and breaks just looking through the movie section every day. Looking at the same movies, you know, almost either $5 bins. I pretty much had, like, the entire lineup memorized just for some weird-ass reason. I just like to look at movies. Like, I don't know. I just we're just get to look at movies. I would go out and buy movies a lot, like, at all, but... I like had everything memorized. See, it didn't change, but once a week, I would go there every single day and look at movies. So I remember when it came out on like, a random Tuesday, I was looking at it, being like, what the fuck is this? Like, how has it, I've never heard of this movie. Like, it literally, it just kind of came went through the night. It did release in theaters, but it didn't really even put a dent in the budget, if you will. And it looked interesting. I'm like, hey, this movie looks pretty interesting. But for 17, 18 bucks, where it was, I was like, nah, I think I'm going to have to pass on this one. I remember thinking to myself, which is something apparently everybody did because, like, nobody's always talking about movie. Uh, the movie had a budget of just over $39 million. It only made $4.5 million its entire U.S. run. It, the opening weekend, I think, it was like $147,000. Which, without a doubt, is a bust. By all means. Um... It did have to make $86 million worldwide. Well, actually, it was closer to 87 It was like 86 7 something maybe. So we can run out to a nice $87 million worldwide, which overall is technically enough from the studio, I guess. I mean, something to write home about. But they made their money back. And they sure shit didn't spend it on marketing. Okay, let, me say, let me start off by saying this much. The movie is streaming now on Showtime and Paramount+. Plus. Um, I would definitely check this one out if you're looking for something different. Because this shit is without a doubt different. Like, hands down, this movie is definitely kind of out there. Not in the, in the sense of the plot or the actual storyline, just how gritty it really gets. It really, like, the, the ending is just mind-boggling. Well, the whole third act has this really weird twist, if you will. Almost as, what the fuck is the original old boy? Like, if you've seen the original old boy, you know what I'm talking about. This movie has a very similar ending where it's just like where everything kind of falls together and you're just like, what the fuck? It, it's just, it's really dark and gritty. Something you don't normally see. Now you think this movie being, would be like a dud, it would have horrible ratings and people would just completely despise it? Not really. I mean, it received a 7.1 audience rating. And it has a whopping 84% on Megacritics, which is pretty awesome, considering how many people have seen this movie. I mean, for as far as audience goes, I think it had a thousand view, uh, reviews on that for the 7.1. So, I mean, okay, hold on. So, wait, wait. Before we jump into the ratings and the reviews, let's first talk about the plot, first and foremost. IMBD, again, describes it slightly differently. Than most do, or most would. We'll start with their uh, synopsis. In a future where a failed climate change experiment 
has killed off all life except for the survivors who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe. A new class system emerges. It's not wrong. I mean, that's a very accurate description of what the movie's about. It just doesn't give you any details. It's very bare-boned. Very bare-boned. Now, of course, you know, we can get a user review or a user description of the movie. And get a lot more detail. You know, a lot more nice, juicy fat, you know, on the stake, so to speak. Set in, two, in 2031, the entire world is frozen, except for those aboard the Snowpiercer. For 17 years, the world's survivors are, are on a train hurling around the globe, creating their own economy and class system. Led by Curtis, Curtis Evans, a group of lower-class citizens living in squatter at the back of the train are determined to get their way to the front of the train and spread the wealth around. Each section of the train holds a new surprise to the group who have bottled their way through a revolution is underway. Of course, there are many more user descriptions that I feel like this one really kind of sums it up best of what the movie is about. Um, I can only imagine the elevator pitch on this movie. Like, I really, like, it's just mind-boggling. Because this movie has is so much of its own weird thing. The Resident 2 popcorn flicks that easily, that easily sum up a marketing strategy for this movie. Not that I can think of anyway. Maybe Ray Redemption on a train. I mean, that would be substantially some of the point of the movie. Of trying to get from the top of the tower. They like, try to get in front of the train. It's an action film. I mean, it's kind of like a... Somewhat sad attempt at the elevator pitch, maybe. Not a great one. Not even a little bit. But it makes somewhat sense, I guess. It makes more sense than me. Well, I don't know what the hell they would have pitched for this. It's something, I mean, I guess you can kind of compare it to the Ray Redemption. Just based on the visuals of... Ray Redemption is... Them fighting you know, 30 stories to get to the top. And this is them fighting through countless trains or train. Oh, what do you call them? The sublets, I guess. Like the different train sublets on the, on the long train. They get through the door, different doors. And each one has a different flight. So, I mean, in that aspect, it's kind of the same. But the overall story and plot is not, which really tears people apart. Because as we get on to the episode, we're going to talk about a lot of the re user reviews and just how people just go at it and how like the simplest things are what separate people from this movie as far as liking it or disliking it. Yeah, of course, like I said, my, my elevator pitch was a very piss poor example of the elevator pitch. I mean, again, I don't know what the elevator pitch was. I'm still mind boggled on that one. I mean, it could be why the movie performs it poorly. It couldn't come up with a quick pitch, line, and sinker for the audience. Well, they couldn't find one for the studio. They sure shouldn't go home with the audience. Uh, there's no way of saying they had really no way to market the film. Which, believe it or not, is a downfall of a lot of great films. Um, some, like Fight Club, of course, rise from the ashes and go on and become cult classics. Legends, even. Yeah, there's not many people who haven't seen Fight Club. There's actually a movie coming out. It's, oh, what is it called? I just saw a trailer for it recently. It comes out, I think, later this summer. It's 
It was like a, it was like a, it was like a modern day on Fight Club kind of, but it was like these girls. I think I, I, I can't remember the dude's card. I was like, I straight up. It was like, I want to say. Okay, I don't want to. This snaps the film, so we're gonna hold off and we're gonna put a peg in that. And we're gonna come back to it. Let's get back to a little bit of one topic here. Man, I. Bad as what did financially. Again, it had a decent financial comeback with the foreign box office. But believe it or not, downfall the downfall of okay, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I don't see this being one of those titles that are going to follow the full size of Fight Club and you know the downfall of poor marketing yet someone seen hope in this in the deep abyss of shit because they went and made a TV series out of it and right now there's three seasons you can now you know watch and a fourth season's on the way so I guess it wasn't a total bust I mean I haven't seen the show yet it is on TNT something tells me it's going to be nowhere near as gut-wrenching as a film and what I mean by that is that it takes the film takes it to the extreme you know, not only just the story, but just showing how far people will go and push, how people react differently to different things. Uh, the movie is a hard side of R, or really, really, really earns R rating. Whereas the show is PG 13 at best. I haven't seen it, and probably won't. But from the simple fact that it's on TNT cable television and not a premiere channel like. HBO, Stars, uh, Showtime, one in which where they can kind of get away from the censorship of cable television, then, you know, they're definitely not going to, it's not going to be as gruesome and as true to the story as the movie is. And how the hell they have four seasons of the show? Beats me. Um... I mean, look at okay, let's look at the critic reviews now. Because the critics, uh, let's watch up interviews. We're going to start with the critic reviews. Uh, the ratings are actually higher. Although, I cannot say I'm surprised. It was firing on all cylinders, receiving three 100% um, from critics, like the, uh, from critic stands, the playlist, Cineview, and Hitflix. Um, you know, those ratings pretty much speak for themselves. You know, they got 100 out of 100. Obviously, they love the fucking movie. Um, a couple of them here that we're going to hit with is Hitflix. The action sequences, they give it 100% on the The action sequences in the film are spectacular. And there's one in particular, I think, is an all-time, an all-timer, both in the ways it's imagined and the way it is accomplished on a film. And this isn't a film about empty sensation. It is a richly realize science fiction world and cast is just tremendous and then see you see you um that's just one of the but this is not the favorite video uh evolves steadily growing rich with every step stopping and feeding us morals of information enriching this ludicrous premise with enough magic in order to make it work, I was trying to make it suspend 
our disbelief entirely. Now, my favorite review is from the playlist, and they literally just wrote a visionary, thrilling work. Kind of a short-lived review, but I'll take it. It's positive. I like it. Now we're going to jump into the audience reviews, which, as you all know, is usually not that pretty. Uh, for the first one, this one usually gave it a 10 out of 10. For one of the highly underrated movies, thanks to those statistic critics who search everything with a, mic a microscope and feel like it's Columbus every time they find a minor anomaly. Mm. I'm kind of stuck on that. Isn't their job to find issues with the movie? I mean, isn't that their job? I mean, it sounds to me like your medics are finding things wrong with something you think is professional. That's the best thing I've um, another reviewer wrote, why don't people like this movie? It's one of the best films they've ever seen, and I've seen that. I think people are saying there are many plot holes and problems, but if they watch it again, you'll see your absence has a plot hole because there's almost nothing wrong with the movie. Almost nothing wrong. That's what really stands out. Even though they give it a 10 out of 10. Sorry, but then we got a little sidetrack there. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the audience reviews, which definitely, you know, are very split. The first one wrote 10 out of 10, one of the highly underrated movie, thanks to statistic critics who search everything with a microscope. It feels like Columbus. Every time they find a minor anomaly. Isn't that their job? To watch the movie and then point out its flaws and say why it's good or bad? I mean, that's kind of their job. Like, they have one job and it helps me. Are you or you? They are nailing it because they're talking about movies. Especially ones you haven't heard of. Or haven't seen probably. So I'm going to give them kudos on that. I mean, granted, they probably posted their reviews back when it came out. But that's not the point. Another 10 out of 10 um, review it was put in. It says, why do people not like this movie? It might be one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I've seen many. People are saying there are many plot holes and problems. Watch it again and you'll... See your opinion has a plot hole because there's almost nothing wrong with this movie. Maybe one or two problems like Shaky Cam, but not as much as Bourne movies, and people love those movies. I'm not saying to compare it to Bourne films, I'm just saying. Watch it once, think about it, and you should understand it. Watch it again. Trust me, you won't regret it. I mean, technically, I mean, you know, in this review, I had to kind of... I kind of got to you know, word a little there. Shaking cam isn't a flaw. It's a technique used in visual storytelling to enhance the story when done correctly. The Bourne films did it first, um, or one of the first to do it, I shall say, because there might be some indie underground film that Paul Greengrass got the idea from. But I don't know. It's not mainstream, and you know, even... You know, amongst the film geeks, you know, it's said that 
bring this, like recreate the whole way you see action sequences when he did born. Um, yeah, but when it's done right, like so we do it right, the action you just see this look amazing. You don't see a lot of cuts. It's like when they're cutting from their hands at their fists. So when they're doing it, that is to it show impact. Um, and to really heighten the fight scene from the classic, just two people fighting in martial arts, takes over for the choreograph, so to speak. So again, and then our next one is every single negative review is taking the movie too literal. How do you take a movie too literal? I mean, uh, especially something like this. Uh, this is 10 out of 10 is one for the books. They're taking the film too literally. And wrote this, well, this is part of his review. Oh, sorry. Uh, I need to write this after reading so many reviews complaining about plot holes and the general um, plausibility of the premise. If you think this movie is so interesting in exploring how humans could be realistically lived together on a literal train in the modern world, I'm afraid you've come to the... You've missed the entire point of this movie. The entire point of the movie is a metaphor for our modern capitalist society that is just not interpretation. The director has stated so clearly. Um, you know, he's the director of... Oh, if we interview of Bong Joon-ho by David Gregory Larson on the film comment. Yeah, and then just you know, going on to the user reviews, saying oh, this is my favorite, my favorite one. It says every single negative review is taking the movie too literal, which I think people are taking it very literal. Yes, and some you can turn your mind off, have fun with. You know, have a lot of fun, but when you have the mindset, this movie is going to be something it's not. That's when you know, things tend to buckle, so to speak. He did write a little detail into that, which we're going to kind of touch up on today. Um, that's just pretty much saying you know, politically what they think the movie is and how to get money. So we're just going to skip over that one. Um, absolute nonsense. This is one of those movies that I keep hearing good things about. Yeah, when I'm watching it, I can't find a single capital letters. One, is pretentious full of massive, oh, it's pretentious and full of massive plot holes and have so many ridiculous premises that I can't wrap my head around it. All of the above was so distracting for me that I couldn't even suspend my belief and try to enjoy the visuals. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. I mean, it sounds pretty clear what you should do. But that's just me. The next... <laughs> this next one is a bad review, and it literally cracked me every time I look at it. It said, um... Well, should... Uh, it should have gone... Oh, I know, I'm sorry. Back up. I should have gone to the room. I went to see this because it got great reviews. My friend went to see The Room at the same time of our awesome, at the same time our awesome uh, theater, The Loft, 
you know, had, you know, were screening films. One of the ones that were screaming like kind of a throwback was... The Room. Yeah, and he said, um, I should have went and saw The Room. It's considered the worst movie ever made and has spawned a cult following in interactive screenings that involve screaming at the camera and to, to focus and throwing spoons, which he didn't enjoy because was clear, he was clearly, um, thought, why spend nine dollars on a bad movie? You can just see a great movie for nine dollars. He said, boy, was I wrong. If this is one of the best ones, I should have gone and seen The Room, a movie that nobody wanted to suck. It's the worst movie in the world. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up here. Um, end things up on this note. This says the film has a lot of split down the middle, you know, a fan base. You have some who are in between. But rather very tight fan base here. Um, you know, basically, why are you going 